Welcome to Walnut Hill Community Church. My name is Victoria Kavarik. I'm one of the pastors here. It's wonderful to be together. We are one church in different locations. So welcome to all of you here at the Bethel campus and to everyone watching in Waterbury, in New Milford, in the Valley and online. And we are continuing in our sermon series called Red Letters. We're exploring the words of Jesus in Luke's gospel. And we're looking this year at what it means to ignite compassion. And this morning, I feel that the Lord has uh, challenged me to do things in a little different way. We're going to look at an incredible passage of Scripture. You can find it in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 29. And in Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells a story. He tells a story of of the Good Samaritan. But before he tells that story, he has an encounter with a man, with a lawyer. And this lawyer comes and he says, how can I inherit eternal life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, what does the law of Moses say? How do you understand it? And the man responds and he says, well, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus challenges him to go and do likewise and then to justify himself. He says, oh, but who is my neighbor? And and that is the scripture we're going to dig in today. But I love the fact that Jesus asks a question. Jesus doesn't respond to the man and say, this is what you need to think about this. He says, what do you understand? How do you read it? And as we come to this beautiful passage of Scripture, my sense is that this is not a moment to teach about what is love and and make it an academic understanding, but instead to go on a journey together of asking the question, what do you understand? How do you read it? What is love? Let's seek to identify and explore that together. And so this day I'm... I'm asking whether you'll go on a journey with me. I'm asking whether together we can go on an exploration of what love means, what it is to know a God who is love in his very being, he is love. And so I'm going to ask, will you join me as we come to this passage and we explore what love looks like? You know, to go on a journey like this, not as a set of academic understanding. We're talking about the heart. And I believe the only way that we can fully comprehend God's incredible love for us is if we invite him to come by his spirit and to minister to us as we meet. And so I'm just gonna pray that the Lord would pour out his love in a way today that is not limited by words or our understanding, but is fresh from him because I believe he longs to do that for us. So let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that you are a loving heavenly Father. That you, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are love. That is your character. That is your nature. And Lord, I pray that this day you would pour out your love. There would be like waves of love in this place, ways of love that touch our heart. That this won't be a conversation of our brains, but it would be a conversation where you also encounter our hearts and our souls. 
that we might discover your love, that we might know what it is to live in that love and that you might be glorified in our lives. For we ask these things in the powerful and holy name of Jesus. Amen. So what is love? Is it simply a physical act or is it an emotional response? Is love seen in the tender moment of a mother feeding its baby in that moment that maintains life? Is love seen as a father messes around with a water fight in the backyard with his kids and gives them time and attention and fun? Is love what takes place when friends have coffee together and pour out their hearts and just respect and love and listen? Is love what happens when a teacher wants to affirm and encourage a student that that student might become all that it is capable of being? Or is love simply what Valentine's Day tells us and it's that which happens between a girlfriend and a boyfriend, that loving affection, the hope of something more? Is love the intimacy of a husband and a wife in that unifying, committed love relationship? Is this all that love is? Sounds maybe mushy for some, comforting for others. It's things of the heart. But God calls us beyond the comforting. He calls us to look beyond our comfort zone. Is there such a thing as a challenging form of love? A step out in faith under God's direction and in His strength. Is there that kind of love? What about our response to a beggar when we're out having fun in the city? Or the thousands of children displayed on our TV screens who don't have a meal to eat this day? Or that lonely person who just talks too much when you're in a hurry? Or that person who is so different from me that it takes my effort and my energy to understand even what they're saying? Or the pain that they're experiencing? What is love? What is love if you've never experienced it fully? You've grown up in a home that was far from loving. There are many who've come from homes where they've seen everything but love. All the opposites. There's been bitterness and anger, resentment, even violence or abuse, harsh words, harsh hearts. What is love? When in truth, if I was to ask you, do you know love? The answer would be no. And let's be honest, what is love in those hard seasons? Can joy follow pain? What about the person in a 50-year-old marriage where one has Alzheimer's and is in a home, a nursing home, and yet they go and have lunch with them every day? Is that love? that cares, that tender love of faithfulness? Is God not present in the hard places? In those moments when we cry out, where is God when it hurts? Is the problem our assumption that God can't be there in the midst of our hurt? Is that what's going on? And yet our loving Heavenly Father 
says, even when you walk through the darkest valley, I am there. My rod and my staff, they comfort you. Can't we learn things in the midst of pain? Can we find love in the midst of heartache? Maybe we even miss the opportunities to learn what love is because we think life should be perfect and what we're experiencing doesn't fit our box of perfect. But who said life was going to be perfect? What does that even mean? And then we look at our world where it seems some days that there is everything but love. War and famine, inequality and intrigue, hard words, hard hearts, brokenness and greed, revengefulness, restlessness, destruction, and and let's be honest, just sheer carelessness. A carelessness for our planet, a carelessness for each other. It is said that a baby that is not cared for will wither and die. But we need care, don't we? We need nourishment. We need to know that we have worth. And at times it can feel like love is inexistent. Or at least that selfishness has taken over. How can we define love when our experiences are so different from Love. Someone said to me the other day that this, a Bible, is a book of love. And if this truly is a book of love, what does it teach us of what real love looks like? 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is patient and love is kind. It's long-suffering. And we read those words at weddings, but what do those words truly mean to our souls? A love that we may never fully have seen, and yet an image we get to revel in and taste. The Bible also tells us that love, God's love, is so high and wide and long and deep that that love is not based on our merit, that love is not restricted by our understanding, that love is not limited by time. His love is expansive. His, His love is so generous. His love is there for you and for me. And as we reflect on love, the Bible so often doesn't state what love is, it expresses it in story. What can we learn from what Pastor Brian and Becca shared the other day, that story of generous giving love? A woman so broken, so grateful, so loving that she would weep such big drops of tears that she could wash Jesus' feet and then wipe them with her hair. A love that was so open that she would take what was most precious, so expensive and so treasured and pour that perfume on his feet and anoint him. 
What can we learn from that trusting love of a commander who knows that if Jesus just gives the word that his servant will be healed and he walks in that, walks in faith. With a patient love of Jesus while Martha is so harassed and and running around so stressed in the moment, that patient love of Jesus that would say, Martha, I love you, but you're missing what was better. Your sister's doing it. She's sitting at my feet. She's spending time with me. What do we see of love and the freedom to love when a rejected father will pick up his robes and run out to his son and welcome that prodigal home, regardless of what the neighbours think, regardless of what his eldest son will say. Love so completely and so freely. You might be tempted to say, well, that's lovely. It's all in the New Testament. But the Old Testament reveals the broken heart of God. A God who constantly is calling his people to himself, constantly revealing his love and inviting them in to walk with him. What about the extravagant love of our Heavenly Father who knew that there was nothing we could do to deal with our sin, knew that we couldn't solve that rejection of Him and so in His love and in His forgiveness and in His tenderness, held nothing back, gave His one and only beloved and precious Son to die and rise again that we might be forgiven and that we might dwell in love. You see, God is love and we are made in his image. Isn't that incredible? We are made for love. We were made in love to know love and live love. Just see how long ago God poured out his love for us. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus died for you and for me. Yet even now we fall short of that love, don't we? We lose sight of that love. Are you greedy for more of that love? I believe there's something about love and allegiance, love and commitment a commitment that will keep going. Is that where our walk of love begins as we accept, as we respond to the deep love of God, as we say, yes, forgive me. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. You see, the lawyer in the story that we read in Luke 10 starts with this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He starts with the question, what must I do? And yet his very next word is the heart of the matter, isn't it? To inherit. To inherit is not about what I do. It's about the position I've been given. It's not about my actions and my efforts and my work. To inherit, we must be an heir. 
that someone else has designated us as an heir. And the beauty is that God has called us sons and daughters. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are aligned and adopted and welcomed into his family. This is something that we receive. We don't earn. It can be hard to accept that we're loved, can't it? Those lies from the past that said, you're not worth it. You can't possibly live up to this standard. You're not loved unless you do. Those lies that niggle in the back of our minds, that sense that we might believe that we can't be loved or, or we can't find someone to love. Being loved begins as we accept love, as we receive love in order that we might give love. Do you know what it is to receive love? Are your walls up? Is there unforgiveness or bitterness or anger that is blocking the way? Are you saying, God, I can't receive your love because I have all of this going on. But to receive, don't we have to have hands open? Hearts open? A willingness to receive? Doesn't it take humility? A desire, a longing for something more? Love is believing something that you can't see. Isn't that faith? Trusting in what we know to be true, whether we see it or not. Do you know that God loves you? See, the lawyer's response to Jesus is that we are to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength and all our mind. To love God wholeheartedly. Is that even possible? <laughs> the beauty is no, and God knows it's not. The love we need is a love that comes from him in the first place. That it is he that enables us to love beyond the limitations of our own weakness and our own struggles and our own understanding. Because it is a love that flows as our response to the love that we've received. And then the man goes on and he says, we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. The lawyer wanted to define who's in and who's out. And Jesus challenges him, him instead to be a neighbor. How are we doing at that? Love is free to laugh. It's free to cry. It's free to accept the other with their limitations and weaknesses and be accepted ourselves with our own limitations and weaknesses. Love begins as we forgive ourselves so we can forgive others. Love is accepting, not condemning. It's compassionate, it reaches out, it listens, it isn't defensive. It puts others before yourself. It's kind and not self-serving. Love serves. How are we doing with this type of love? In a world so polarized with them and us, definitions of love, when hatred and misunderstanding spews from powerful mouths, when what I want is king, have we trampled the very definition of love in the dust? Is it even love? But isn't there a subversive kind of love? A love 
that is bold and challenging and radical. A love like our brothers and sisters in parts of the world who will still share Jesus knowing they're going to end up in prison and possibly death. A love like Mother Teresa that will show such compassion to the poor and to the needy that she will give up what she could have had in order to care and reach out to others. Or a love like Corrie ten Boom who would forgive the guard in the concentration camp whose hardness and harshness was part of her journey that led to her sister's death. She could forgive him. Or a love like a Johnny Erickson Tata that is not limited to a wheelchair, but will look beyond to the needs of others and respond with love and care that would send wheelchairs and support to the disabled around the world. Isn't there that kind of love? And isn't it that kind of love that we're called to? See, this lawyer knew the answers. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, yeah, great, go and do likewise. But in our own strength, we can't. But in his strength, we can it's as if Jesus is laying down the challenge for this lawyer. Rather than saying it's impossible, the lawyer simply tries to justify himself and ask, who is my neighbor? Who do I have to love? But the truth is, it's only through Jesus, isn't it? It's only Jesus who can unveil this infinite love, this love that we can't comprehend, that he could unveil that in us and unveil it through us, that those around us might experience his love. Yes, how can we love others? As the, as the lawyer says, we were to love our neighbor as ourselves. How can we love others when we might not love ourselves? Do we need more self-compassion to forgive ourselves for our weaknesses and our failings and our past and our mess-ups and our sin? Do we need love? Do we need to forgive ourselves for all that we've done that is wrong? Do we need to put down our weapons, lower our walls, put down our hurt and our selfishness? It seems that when we want to hit we hit harder than the hurt that we've already received. When someone hits you, is it retribution you want to bring? What happens when we so undermine what God does through us that we no longer can love ourselves? Are we saying, God, who you made me is not enough? Are the abilities and perspective and the ways that I'm wired not worthy of your kingdom? And what would he say if that's what we said? And then there might be some for whom are sitting here and saying, well, I've arrived. I know this, love. Well, you only arrive when you were born. The arriving into the fullness of God's love only happens when we see him face to face when there's no more mystery, 
There's simply reality of his love. Is a love a journey? Don't we grow in love? Isn't love something that develops over time? I hope so, because I've known Jesus a long time and I want to know his love in more and more ways. Can our love for God grow through the years? Does our love for God look different in the different seasons of life? What stops me from loving God? What stops me from responding to his love? Where am I in my journey? Where are you? Are we living in hurry and distraction in future plans? Are we even present to this moment? Can we pause long enough to welcome his love for now. To live in love today and live out love in this moment. Isn't that the invitation for each of us? Not to try to create or manufacture a love for a few, but be so enveloped in the love of God and the love he has for us that it simply pours through us. Doesn't that remove the guilt and shame of our own weakness? Have the waves of God's love washed over you. His love poured through his son's pierced hands that wash us clean. Are the waves of God's love sweeping from us to break through the indifference and ill will and animosity of all those around us? In the same way, we want to be embraced by love. Others are longing to know it too. Are you journeying into deeper depths of love with the God that made you? And are you inviting others into that same love? For his love is vast as an ocean and longs to welcome us. To close, I want to lay a challenge for us. When I say the word love, what comes to mind? You see, the truth is whatever comes to mind is going to fall short of the love of God. Whatever comes to mind is going to be limited because we will not see it in its fullness until we see it in eternity. When the lion lies down with the lamb, when there is no more pain and suffering and the toiling of this world is over. See, we know in part and we see in part and God is inviting us to step into a deeper understanding of his love, that we might live that love, that we might be those people of compassion that we long to be, not because we are striving, but because we are responding. Will you seek to step in boldness outside your comfortable knowledge of God and ask him to teach you more of what love looks like? Will you stop when you see a beggar and actually look at them, seek to understand what is going on and not just walk by? Will you step into a love that is not comfortable for you because it is pure and wholehearted and giving? 
Will you ask the Lord to reveal a deeper love so that you can let go of anger or forgiveness or, for, or unforgiveness? Will you use your gifts and abilities to serve others and not just benefit yourself? And for those who do not know this God of love and have no idea what the book of love actually has to say, I want to encourage you to get a Bible. Go to Mark. Read of Jesus. Explore the love that we see in him and ask God to reveal his love to you. Whatever this week will bring, whatever challenges and joys are ahead for you, will you seek Jesus to open your eyes, your mind, your heart and to accept his love? And will you seek to act lovingly towards others? For that is the challenge of a God of love through the book of love to the people who are called to love. And may God bless you.